Welcome back to SwitchCast Live. We have a very special guest tonight. It's not who some of you thought, but if some of you thought it was somebody different, then you're not paying attention. I'm your host, Doug Tabbitt, Cannonball Run record holder with Arnie and founder of Switch Cars. And yes, I am your host and I will be your host. My guest tonight is Scott Bauer. Scott is the was the solo Cannonball record holder. Uh, he set a time just before the COVID shutdown, so I guess he's still the non-asterisk solo record holder. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be hanging out tonight talking about all things Cannonball, and we'll be taking your calls and your questions. I know I have a lot of questions for him. We all do. His wife does. The police do. His children do. But... Uh, <laughs> Yes, we have questions. We have questions. And uh, if you'd like to call in and talk to Scott or myself live, or both of us at the same time, 216-294-4124 is the number to call, or you can just post your questions in the comment flow of wherever you're watching live. And I really, I honestly kind of hope people don't call in because my earbuds are having issues again with their connection. So I'm only hearing half of my own voice, which is... My wife's dream. That's, she could I only hear half say of that, but yeah, I'm just, I was going to go with that one. Anyway, Scott, uh, let's just start out real easy. Give us a little bit of your personal background. Um, okay. Well, um, like I said, my name is Scott Bauer. I'm married to this wonderful girl sitting over here watching us. Uh, we're from Texas. Uh, I'm an Army veteran. And I just finished a 32-year career as a commercial helicopter pilot, and now I am an expediter, which is a sexy way of saying I drive a delivery van all over the country. Now, at dinner, and, uh, he told me that. I, I heard extraditer. I thought that... Same difference. He <laughs> shipped criminals back to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> it pays really good. But uh, now we just do a lot of traveling, and uh, we decided to come up here to do your show, which yeah. that was exciting. Yeah. I think you have the record now for the farthest distance traveled for... That's like 1,300 miles yeah. up here. Yeah. Although I think we we have to measure it in the, the farthest distance traveled in order to to get on the show, not just to be here, because most of the people have done cannonballs, so they've done you know thousands of miles in order to do something notorious in order to get on the show, which is a little bit no, ridiculous. I mean, yes. they didn't do it to get on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's, let's be honest. But um, they did it for the, for the internet fame. But yeah. Uh, all oh, those likes in the C to C Express Facebook group. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, th I think you have the, the record for the most distance traveled. Um, although maybe uh, Steve Brown did because he's attempted so many solo runs, <laughs> solo runs. <laughs> yet without a record. No, he has a Southern Trail record. But anyway, no, we love Steve. So, um, okay, so you're a helicopter pilot in the military, live in Texas. What in the world got you to it got you interested in cannonball or wanting to do this ridiculous well, thing? Uh, I'm old enough to have watched the movie in theaters way back in the day, and I was like about 13 years old. And once you see the movie, once you understand the concept, it kind of sinks into your your blood. And it for the millennial wa millennials watching, what is the movie? Oh, the Cannonball Run movie came out in 1981. It was a, a comedy movie about an event that's a series of events that happened in the 1970s, the Cannibal Run, which is the wildly illegal Wait, cross country. So race. the movie was based on a real event. Shocking, that actually isn't happened. It? 
allegedly. Yes, and it uh, it, it just kind of sinks into your system and it stayed there. And uh, and during a downturn in my flying job, I had a another job I was working with where it didn't require a lot of brain power, and my mind started wandering. Government uh, job? Yeah, yeah. I was a politician. How'd you know? No, I uh, <laughs> my brain wandered, and one day it just popped into my head. And I just started thinking about it and did some research and found you know, all these different records that had happened recently. And I just started stewing on it. What are you going to do? How would you do it? How would you get away with it? And the big one, how do you convince your wife to let you do it? You know? And <laughs> so we started thinking about it and I just, I started doing research and I spent a lot of time thinking about it and talked to some people and eventually came up with a plan and said, you know, let's do this. And obviously the first step to a successful cannonball is walking up to your wife and you just you stand up straight and put your hands on your hips you look her right in the eye and you say please i want to go do it i'll do dishes i'll do the laundry i'll learn how to cook you know and uh she was like cool so from that point forward i just started planning you probably didn't even have to do any of those things because i met sheila she's pretty darn cool she probably would just said okay yeah well i mean for the record i'm i'm not scared of her she didn't hear me did she no, but she's no, she's she's real laid back, and we we worked on it together and, and came up with a plan that at the last second completely fell apart, and then we ended up making another plan, and then I made the run with the with uh, the vehicle I ended up using. All right, so oh, so sorry. what was the plan? What was the original plan? Okay, that I, fell apart uh, in early 2019 is when uh, I finally got to the point where I was ready to go, and I had another driver. We were going to do a team run, and we talked on the phone four or five times a week hammered out the details, had everything ready to go, got three weeks from pulling the trigger in the fall of, of 19, and following that great tradition that goes back generations, he ghosted me. You get right up on the event, and they, poof, gone. He didn't even say gone. He just disappeared. So I was left blowing in the wind, and I tried to scramble and do a solo run because I decided at that point it is not worth the hassle of trying to make somebody else do what they're supposed to do. And as I tried to come together with the, uh, the solo run, my job called me back to work in Las Vegas and I had to cancel. So then I said, okay, I'm doing a solo run in the spring of 20, which is what I did. Yeah. It's a lot of people don't realize that one of the hardest things about doing a cannonball is not actually doing it. It's getting somebody dumb enough to go with you because everybody says they want to do it. Oh yeah, I'll do a cannonball. Then you get up to it and they go, so what hotels are we staying at along the way? <laughs> That's why I say it's everybody wants to do a cannonball until yeah. it's time to do cannonball the, stuff. The only <laughs> overnight stays along the way are unscheduled and they're usually in, at the county. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> or on the side of the road with flames coming out from under the hood. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, I, I don't know, Sean, did you have somebody bail? You did, right? You had somebody bail as, as your third. Yep, and that's how I think Mark Spence took your third. Uh, Mark Spence became the second of um, uh, the, the first coast to go. Cl- Chris Clemens, golly, I hope he's not watching. I didn't forget your name. I just there's so many runs. I love you, Chris. Um, became Chris Clemens second because Chris's co-driver bailed. Um, ironically, Chris's co-driver was going to be Fred Ashmore. What a weird twist of things there. But a- anyway. Uh, so many people bail on this. There's very few people with the the level of um, insanity. I mean, commitment required to Severe do something lack of like this. Common sense, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 
um, le- not enough things to live for, and no, just I mean, <laughs> no jail time. Yeah, just what, come on. Um, so that's that's a very real and very common thing, and a v- difficult issue of 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 running a cannonball is finding the people that you can trust and that'll be reliable and that'll actually be there when it's time yeah, to it, do it. And it happened to me. And and, it, and that are qualified because some will do it, and then you get in the car and they go, "Oh, I thought we were going for a cruise." <laughs> We have to yeah. average 80 miles an hour, so that means we drive 81, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. All right, so what was the car that you started planning with? Well, I was going to use a Jetta. I had uh, – the car he had was a, a different – I don't even want to talk about his, his setup, but I came down to wanting to drive a Jetta for a couple of reasons once I fit in it, and it fit the dimensions of what I wanted to do as far as the trunk capacity and fuel range because I was trying to minimize my stops. So we live just north of Houston, so I made a reservation for a Jetta, and they always say, or similar, and I right. don't want an or similar, because right. it was all based it's on always Jetta. Korean. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I made this this uh, this plan to go pick up the car, and it was get the car, bring it home. My buddy Tim Matfeld is the one that, that uh, helps you put the car together. We're going to put the car together, and one day, just put a tank in it, and we're going to run. And I was going to take off and go. And the morning I woke up to go get the car, my wife woke up dead. Well, it seemed like she was dead. She was sick as a dog, and I couldn't leave her, and I was just kind of going, oh, now what? I don't have a ride. I can't get the car. So I drove to a local rental car agency that I had I had kind of been ghosting it for a while to see what they had, and I came around the corner. It was 9 o'clock in the morning, and there was a Volkswagen Bug sitting there. Now, for the record, I've owned five Volkswagen Bugs. I like the Bug. I don't know why. I just like them. And I was like, ooh. And I walked in. I said, what's the story on the Bug? And they said, it's available. I'll take it. I don't care what it costs. I'll take it. And I got the car, and I brought it home. And by this time, my wife was propped up a little out of her coffin. And I said, you got to see this. And she walked outside and looked down. And there's this. But she went, that's a sign. Because it's a 2,000. You were were originally going to take yours. Why did you choose not to take yours? Well, after uh, my other guy bailed on me, I was going. I was going to outfit my car and my buddy Tim. Uh, we threw the tank in the car, the electronics, and I got everything ready to go. And two days before I was going to take off and make a fall run in nineteen, I got called back to work in Vegas. Yeah. So we pulled all the equipment out. And I drove back to Vegas, and it was a, a blessing in disguise because the car started having bearing problems when I got there. It's a hundred thousand mile car. And then I got me thinking while I was at work going, well, you know, it's 100,000 miles. This is when all the starts happening. And I'm thinking, okay, what happens if I get this car to New York and I get halfway across the country and the Farfenflagen breaks? Now, I don't want to dazzle you with my mechanical skills, but they're real close to my dancing skills. (laughs) And I said, this is bad. So I'm thinking, do I have to buy a car that I don't want? And then I heard about someone who did a run in a, a Charger. It was a black Charger. Yep. It was a rental car. Yeah. And I went yeah, yeah, ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. And uh, my mother used to work for Hertz for like 10 years. And I kind of learned the system. And, and there's a motto of, of rental cars that some people know. It's called no curb too high, no ditch too deep. So I said, I can <laughs> get a rental car. That sounds like a Christian song. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like when we sing it like vacation Bible school. <laughs> So that's no where Hertz too got. high, no ditch too deep for the love of Jesus, your soul to keep. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I got this car <laughs> and we, we outfitted it and I had the car for, I picked it up local and returned it local. I had the car for 10 days and we put 
seven thousand miles on it. Golly, for three hundred and forty-nine dollars. <laughs> yeah. So, little-known fact: you also hold the record. I, there's been some really cheap cannonball attempts, but you hold the record for the lowest total outlay. Oh, I hold a series of cannonball records. First of all, I think I'm the <laughs> oldest guy to do it. I was fifty-one. I'm positive I'm the fattest guy to do it. And uh, my total cost, the rental car, the fuel tank, fuel, hotels, my wife's airfare to meet me in California was $1,300. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's Out- amazing. Outlay. Now it would take you 1300 bucks just for the gas to get to New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I-, I think the Red Ball charges about 1200 a night, too, for parking. Yeah. But- that's <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so you you took the available rental car, yes, and it happened to be the exact same car as you had already outfitted. It well, mine was a little older, but it's the same layout, right? So the trunk space was exactly the same, and I had a thirty-two gallon tank which fit perfectly, and we sort of drilled a hole in the wheel well to run to the tank and drilled another hole to let the vent and forgot to mention that when we brought it back because you know they didn't actually ask and. uh <laughs> Outfitted the car, threw in my electronics, threw in my wife's suitcase so we didn't have to pay for extra luggage fees for her to fly to California, and drove overnight to New Jersey. Everybody else on a cannibal, Arnie yells at me because I pack too heavy on a cannibal. You know, I'm about redundancy. So my packing too heavy is an extra pair of shoes, which he learned is actually valuable after he, after he spilled fuel on his. You know, a third radar detector, second scanner, 18 extra batteries, et cetera, et cetera. So we're always trying to pack light to save space and weight. And here you are going, nah, I got to get my wife's luggage in here so we oh, can yeah. save 20 bucks. <laughs> hey, 20 bucks fee. is 20 bucks. You're setting a record. Come on. <laughs> that wasn't the goal, but yes, that turned out that way. <laughs> so how much did there, you, you 7,000 miles, how many days did you have the rental for? 10. 10 days. And it That's cost you how much? $349. Golly. So it was the Houston area to New York, to California, back to Houston. And my wife met me in California. We rolled back together. That's amazing. And I had somebody ask me, you know, what's the the hardest part of cannonballing? And it's getting a team together. But at the end, and I don't know if you experienced this, when we loaded up in California to come home, it's really hard to stop driving like that. Yeah. Every time you get an opening, you start. My wife's going, slow down. Okay. And then. You start doing it again, and that was a that was a challenge to bring it down to just normal driving mm-hmm. speeds. I have I have I live with that challenge, but I have <laughs> the verbal hashtag always cannonballing. I've yeah. never used it in the text a jigger thing, but um, yeah, when I'm driving, I'll pull a fat, good pass or something. I'm just like hashtag always cannonballing. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, there's nobody in the car with me, but I still look over and yeah. do the eyebrow raise. So. <laughs> Uh, your wife's going to remember that when you go to that uh, doctor's office. Okay. <laughs> All right. So something you mentioned, uh, and we'll get more into the, the psychological preparation, physical preparation, as, as we had some questions about that. But something you mentioned to me at dinner, which I had never heard of in all of our cannonballs and talking to everybody, was caffeine purging. Well, yes. Every one of us is completely overloaded with caffeine if you believe it or not. I mean, we all drink energy drinks and coffee and tea and whatnot. And you have a certain amount of caffeine in your system. So I went about a process 10 days out of 
completely dropping caffeine because it's a whole lot more effective if you have none in your system versus if you just add to what's already there. So about 10 days out, I completely stopped and you have to actually focus on not ingesting caffeine because it's in everything, including chocolate. I said chocolate. You can't have any of the good stuff. So when I started my run, I had a giant monster, those big plastic ones with screw-off lid, sitting on the floor, and I literally was in western Nebraska when I yawned for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, and I took one little hit on that, and that was it. Yeah. I threw the rest of the bottle away in California. I, mean. I used to be the same way, and I, I have odd fatigue issues now, probably related to the mold that we've had in our house. But I have never really drank much caffeine i have black tea in the morning which is very low it's like drinking decaf coffee basically which has a little bit of caffeine but not much and i eat some chocolate but that's it and so i don't even use caffeinated energy drinks on the runs because they're too much for me Mm -hmm. and our first run it was the same thing i waited until i didn't preload anything i would just ingest my normal food vitamins water and I waited until I actually got tired to take anything. And I would literally just take a, a non-caffeinated energy drink and I'd take a sip of it at a time mm-hmm. or I'd take chocolate-covered espresso beans. I'd, I'd eat one at a time, just, mm-hmm. you know, like a drip. But yeah. I, I, the first time, I, mean, I think we were in like Colorado or Nevada or something before I took the first one because, I, I, you know, I went off my natural energy and then started taking it as I needed it. Yeah. But because I don't take much caffeine, now I've never done a caffeine purge, but I just don't ingest much naturally, so it does have a greater effect. effect. I can't drink caffeinated coffee. I'll go haywire. Oh. It messes with me internally. I have, like, severe anxiety. It's like a bad trip or something, like an acid trip. I don't even even know. I've never done acid, but... (laughs) I mean, seriously, if I drink a caffeinated coffee, I'll look at my hand, and my brain will say, it's doing this shaking huh. wildly and it's and i'll look at it i'm no it's dead still huh wow it's, it's all mental and it's also the staying awake is uh, it's completely contradictory to what everyone thinks but drinking water you think you know, i'm driving i don't want to have to pee don't want to stop water you need to have water in your system because when you're dehydrated you get tired mm-hmm. when you're dehydrated the little synapses in your brain don't fire so it's completely contradictory to be drinking maybe a little excessive amount of water to stay hydrated and stay awake yeah, I mean, it's and it's it's hard because you're doing what your your brain says don't do, and that leads into the the most common question that we all get asked: What do you do with all that water? <laughs> uh, I actually had a pee bag in the car. Yeah, I had a, a little have a catheter or just no. It was a little mini roll-on condom, and you just plug it in and mm. do your business, and then disconnect. And, and when I would stop, it was full and i'd actually have to drain it i should have brought more I well didn't realize you had it. a rental car so you couldn't drill a hole in the floor you know i thought about that <laughs> afterwards and i went hmm because uh uh steve uh brown steve brown steve brown yeah. he did something like that and yeah. i was like ah what did i think of that you well know? he's in he's in a pickup truck though so he's farther away from the ground he doesn't have to worry about road rash <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't tell uh, i just had this i had this bag and i, I uh i just drained it when i jumped out which is really awkward, especially when you're it's broad daylight and you're at a gas station. I did. I'm fueling the vehicle, and there's a woman standing right there, and she's fueling hers, and I'm in the back, and I'm holding this bag going. <laughs> and eventually she drove off, and I took the bag, and I 
hung it over a trash can. And here comes the car, and I lowered my hand. Because I'm just standing there with my hand in the trash can, you know, checking out the sights. I'm standing there. <laughs> pull it out. Put it away real quick. I was like, <laughs> I didn't think that one through. <laughs> that was in uh, Grand Junction. They did that. <laughs> Switchcast is brought to you by BoxCast. BoxCast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers in more than 200 countries. Their founders launched BoxCast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy, flexible, live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy, we are broadcasting this show live with our phone. Head over to switchcars.com slash BoxCast for your free trial. All right, uh, we are back and uh, we're joined tonight by Scott Bauer, the pre-COVID solo cannonball record holder in a rental. Uh, the inner rental is not a qualifier. It's just a footnote. But uh, uh, if you'd like to join us live, you can post your comment in the flow of wherever you're watching, or you can call in to 216-294-4124. Now, I'm obligated. I'm not obligated. I'm only obligated to myself, but that's a that's a huge debt to pay. But um, I, I did have some current events in the automotive space that I wanted to discuss tonight briefly before we get back to talking solo cannonball and peeing in bags with Scott <clears throat> and Ace Ventura. But a couple pieces of news. So we've been watching the automotive market and trying to make sense of it. Uh, it's been going up and down, but mostly up in the past couple of years. And I've been talking about certain signs of things softening, which is hard to believe given that the supply chain is not easing up and uh, prices still seem to be out of control, especially on collector cars. But um, one article uh, that came out was talking about different uh, signs of the market softening. And, and I thought it was interesting. We're not going to go into huge detail, but uh, in January, the wholesale market dropped about 1%. And in February, I think it was about 2% on a seasonally adjusted average. And a lot of people in the car business said, ah, well, that's normal. It's January, February in the winter. The car market always drops. And car dealers are perpetual optimists, not just car dealers. Anybody looking to sell a car is a perpetual optimist because spring is coming. It's a spring selling season. My car will be worth more in the spring. And often that is true. But I remember back in 2010, it was either 2010 or 2011, where that did not hold true. All the dealers bought up cars and were expecting the market to jump in the spring, and it just didn't. And so a lot of dealers were stuck with cars that they couldn't sell. And it seems like that's happening again, because even though wholesale prices dropped three straight months, uh, the, the expert analysts said, well, it's spring, they're going to jump in April. They're going to jump for the spring. Well, these analysts, like all weathermen, revised their numbers. So because they were wrong, they got to just revise their predictions and say, oh, well, <clears throat> no, we actually think that numbers aren't going to creep up in spring, even though it's already spring. And they probably get paid a lot, a lot of money to analyze this stuff. So I wish I could get paid that much for being wrong. <laughs> so... All that to say, spring did not bring a jump in prices across the retail market, and the wholesale market essentially is is dependent on the retail market. Uh, so we are continuing to see signs of, of 
light softening in the used car market. Obviously, inflation is still real. The supply chain is still experiencing massive issues, uh, but we're seeing a lightening of the demand. And, and um, even with tax returns coming in and some fairly large tax return checks because of the different uh, stimulus packages passed last year, people are not spending their money on cars. They're likely spending it on um inflation uh the cost of of living is going up and so people don't have the disposable income that they had the last couple years where they're getting massive government checks and ppp funding and all that and nothing to spend it on now now we have things to spend it on and they are necessities so it seems like the used car market is softening about a bit but about a bit uh we've also talked about carvana and uh, I said, uh, uh, we were looking at Carvana a little while ago, and they, what is it? Uh, since 2012, they have not turned a profit, but they decided to buy Edessa for $2 billion cash. Well, the cash is not cash because, you know, it's like Bill Clinton definition of words. It depends on what your definition of <laughs> is, is. Uh, yeah, so was, their cash was a loan from Chase, and they used that loan to put cash in their account and use that cash to, to buy Odessa. Well, that deal is still pending, and uh, Carvana's competitors, both manufacturers and dealers, are now rethinking their relationships with Odessa. Go figure. They don't want to sell cars directly into a competitor's supply. So... Carvana may be shooting themselves in the foot because they are buying Odessa purely to boost their growth numbers because their growth is slowing and they need to keep their investors happy. And it may be backfiring before the deal is even done. And not to go unnoticed, Carvana's stock is down 72% in the last six months. Oops. That is not great. CarMax, who actually makes money, is down 34% over the same period, which is not great, but that's still, that's only half as bad. But the overall curve of Carvana's stock is drastically different with a dramatic rise and fall. It looks kind of like the Liberty Bell. And like the Liberty Bell, there seems to be a huge crack in their fundamentals. So we're going to keep watching Carvana. It seems to be an interesting model for the future, but terrible execution from all we can tell so far all right that's enough of the silly car market we are back to scott bauer pre-covid solo rental cannibal record holder in a rental good call fastest volkswagen bug in the planet yes all right so it, before you were cannibal fame you were you worked at a restaurant no oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes i did and many years and many pounds ago, I worked as a character at a restaurant. <laughs> what character would that be? Ace Ventura. And once I you turn that on. I couldn't tell. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and once you turn that on, you just can't turn it back off. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Pe people, people listening to the audio are mm. not going to get the full experience of this because <laughs> he's got the, the whole the persona just like... Instant, instant facial yeah, muscles was, change. That was Jim Carrey. Twenty years and seventy-five pounds ago, but yeah, I was. That's what I used to do. <laughs> Did you have like the hair slicked back and everything? Uh, I had the hair kind of standing up, and I had the Hawaiian shirt, and I had the the body language, and yeah, I had the whole thing. I had the whole package. That's amazing. It's amazing. 
What did Sheila think about that? Uh, she didn't see it. Thank God. She never saw that, fortunately. <laughs> she would have loved that. Uh, okay. No, she never. She didn't see that part. <laughs> Even though I did talk and act like that a lot at work, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> we're going to get into some of the questions from both the C2C Express page and Instagram here. Um, some, some good questions. Jay Roberts, another solo record holder. Um, Southern Trail, I think. I can't keep up with his, his runs. He's done so many in a short period of time. But uh, he asked if this is the run with the alleged laser ticket arriving in the mail after the event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was a laser or what, but apparently somewhere in Ohio I got shot in the rear end. I didn't detect it. And a ticket was sent to Avis Enterprise. Whoever was it the on from. Uh, the turnpike on 80? Yes. And you know exactly it where that up. was. Okay, I didn't know anything about it. And yeah, because uh, I got one on the way to the C to C Express in 2018 in the Monte so Carlo. It's just a money machine. Yeah, and it and Avis. I think it was Avis. Was it Avis? They they just pay it. They don't even argue, and then they they bill me for it. Yeah, but that was like three weeks later. I got it. So when you got the picture of you driving, did you have your hand your head out the side window <laughs> driving <laughs> like a? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the windshield was broken by then. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Michael Edward Paul Green Donor says, I did enjoy the book if this is who I thunk. You thunk right. Yeah. I tell, tell us about your book. Uh, I am a very small time author. I have five or six books on uh, Amazon Kindle. And if you put my name in the search window, they'll pop up. And I wrote a, a book about my experience, a little bit of the, the history and about the current history of cannonball and some of the tactics and things you look for. And it's yeah. called bug out, which is a obviously referring to the bug. But the phrase bug out comes from the Korean War, which means pack up and go as fast as you can. Now, if you could parse that down into about a minute and a half, you could make a TikTok video and you could clear up all the misnomers about cannonball that exist in the social media <laughs> world because <laughs> you ain't going to get anyone on there to read a book. It's a um, small book. It's not that. <laughs> it's a freebie. It's on the free list. Come on now. Uh, yeah. So it, go on Amazon Kindle. Look for Scott Bauer. Scott is with one T uh, and uh, Bauer is like Jack Bauer. So um, yeah, go read the book. And the link is also in the, the description of the video. So if you're lazy and you just want to click over, hit control click so you can keep watching this video at the same time. Don't don't go away. Don't worry. Just go read his book later. Uh, Sean Petter had a question he wanted to ask in person and there's a microphone there and there's Sean there so fire away I'm going to deviate from the question that I put on there because you've kind of already touched on it which was how did you get to be solo um, but one of the things I think uh, that's different about your run is is talk about not having the support team on the run this little lack of spotters no home control somebody watching over you I mean, this was a true solo thing you did correct uh yes uh i did have uh, one person working with me his name's uh josh breen he's a musician from central new york and he met me at the uh red ball and he wanted to help spot for me leaving new york city and the traffic he was going to spot for 100 miles and the traffic for the first 100 miles was insane so we really didn't get a lot of speed but he did help because he drives in a tactic i had never tried where he's finding seams that don't exist so I was literally focused on just trying to catch him. <laughs> and I never caught him yes. until he was on the off ramp. And I went, ha, and he's turned off. And I went, oh, okay. 
And uh, <laughs> from there, I had another 20 miles, and then that was the first time the, the highway actually opened up. I literally yeah. went 120 miles in heavy traffic, and from there, I was on my own. I Remember that guy I told you about that blew me off at the end of 2019? Yep. Yeah. I had him as a spotter for Colorado, and guess what he did? Blew, Blew off. me off. And I, was I would have thought him. the musician didn't show up. But, oh, he you did. Know. Yeah, yeah. He was, <laughs> no, he was His awesome. His car broke down. No, he was awesome, and he's a great driver, too. But I called the guy when I was coming from uh, – I was on Northern Route, and I went to uh, Nebraska going to Colorado, and he said he'll be right there at this hotel, right? And I'm calling, 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 and then he turned the phone off. And I went, wow, hmm. you know, that's 0 for 2. So, no, I had uh, Josh. Did you uh, send him a special discount code for your free online book that charged him $5 for it? That would be a hard no. <laughs> but he uh, he blew me off, and I was on my own. I got I bought my own gas. I stopped. I mean, I was my own spotter. I was on, slapping my own face. I mean, I was, I was completely on my own all the way to the, the finish line. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, okay, so you're on your own. This is, a, this is a good question. Fred allegedly was on his own. And that was his excuse for not having any witnesses or, or, or proof or, or whatever. So you were on your own in terms of the logistics. What, uh, you know, who did you have to vouch for your run? Uh, to vouch? Well, my connection to the community was kind of weak at the time. So mm -hmm. I was kind of doing an internal thing. I had the wife, the boss lady was involved. Uh, Josh, the guy who spotted for mm -hmm. me. Uh, the guy that didn't show up, I don't know why. He was on there. Uh, my buddy Tim, who's the one who built the car, mm -hmm. and the irrefutable proof of my Mom. mother. <laughs> and as I tell people, Ken, I'm not. Ken Lynn is going to call in <laughs> and trash your mother, but yeah. Uh, I don't recommend it. And for the record, I'm not, I'm not scared of my mother. She's not here, is she? No, nobody is scared of Fred's mom either. But okay, so you, when you say they were involved, what does that mean? You had a glimpse, right? They, I glimpsed okay. them, and, and they they kept up. And right. So that's a live GPS feed, so people can see your location where you are and your and speed. Tell me about your mom's documentation of that. Oh, I, I my mother's my mother's like me, but worse. And uh, she stayed up pretty much the whole time, and she hand wrote fourteen pages of notes of where I was and what was going on and how long I'd been in the car and how fast I was going at what location. Then my stepfather sat down and typed it all out. And in my book, I added parts of that at the end, her thought process that's really on it. Cool. You know, I, it, I mean, honestly, that's a detail. Uh, I, I don't think anyone has it's ever it's it's and you only get a little piece of it. I mean, yeah. it was, it was 14 pages long typed. Was she running like satirical commentary too? Just, just where he's been in the car 24 hours. Uh, she made references to little things that nobody would understand but me or her and talked about where I was. At one point she said, because I found out the hard way the car had a governor and uh, I got stuck at 115 miles an hour, which blows. And I was in the mountains of Colorado and she said between 1035 and 1037, the car didn't back off from 115 in the mountains. And she made note of that when I did it. Wow. You know, she had notes like that going through. And she saw where I was getting caught up in traffic and weather and saying I'm probably losing my mind, which was a very accurate, <laughs> uh, you know, did it she, was more true. Did she know, did she know what? it took to beat the record and was she tracking averages like rally style and figuring out whether you were on pace or not she made reference to where i was she didn't know the number she didn't know what i was 
what the record was. Okay. And I just sound ridiculous. I didn't know what the solo record was. Okay. I had a number in my head. I said, if I can beat this number, I'll be happy and I'll go home. But here's my pipe fantasy. And that, that was the range I was shooting at. And okay. I didn't even know what the record was when I got there because I looked at my time and I went, there's a solo record. What's a solo record? I didn't know. I had to look it up. So you were just going to go because you wanted to do it as a personal That's what it's all about as far that, as I'm concerned. That, that's what we tell everybody because so many people come up and they go, well, I want to beat the record. And I go, oh, nah. back up. Yeah. Back up. Drive from New York to LA first. Figure out why you want to do it. No. it it's a personal journey. It's, yes. It's, it's we, like skydiving. Oh, I skydived better than he did. That's not the point. You know, <laughs> just do it. Just say you've done it. Yeah. And that's that to me was just an adventure to plan, to do, and to put it in the done category, check it off and say, I did a cannonball. Yeah. You know? Okay. So when did you find out? So David Simpson was the solo record prior to you. Yes. It was 35 hours and 30. No, he was 34, 33. So I'm sorry, 34, 33. So you beat his record by 29 minutes. Yes. When did you find out that that was the case? Well, when I got to the finish line, I knew what his overall average was. And on the GPS, I was watching my average. I wasn't actually watching the time mm -hmm. and, you know, panicking at the end as you're going through, you know, Los Angeles. And I got to the finish line and I hit the, the, the stop button and, you know, I took some pictures and then I, you know, I'm doing this. I don't know what to do. And I'm looking at it going, wait a minute, my, my have to do it time to be happy was 40 hours. And I got there in 3404 and my pipe fantasy was 34. So I'm right on the edge of that with mm -hmm. everything that went wrong. And I, of course, jumped out of the car and got in a fist fight with some invisible people and yelled at some trees. And then I thought, wait a minute. And I got out. I tried to call my wife, and she was still on flight to meet me out there. I got there way earlier. And I got on my phone, and I'm frantically scrolling through my phone going, what is the record? What is the record? What is the record? You know? And then I saw it, and I went, that's got to be old. That was from three years ago. And I'm going through it. And I said, no, I think that's it. That's awesome. How, how did you feel when you finally confirmed it? I was stunned. I was stunned. I just, what do you do? Now what? You're here. There's nobody here but me. And I actually I took a picture of myself, the car. And I honest, honestly did not know that the digital photos had a timestamp on it. I yep. had no idea. You just go, whoop, there it is. Oh, okay. So I had proof that I was there at that time. And if you read my mother's notes, which are irrefutable, <laughs> she said, he stopped at this time and here's his time. She wrote it down. <clears throat> she literally knew how long I've been in the car. That's how meticulous she had it. That's it was amazing. all written down. That's amazing. It's like, it's like everybody's, your mom is, is your Dan Doucette. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, D Dan Doucette has been the, the, uh, un, uh, <clears throat> the, the ground clue, ground, ground clue, ground crew without glory for a number of teams and he's been great for uh documenting our state to state averages and times and things like that because when you're in the car you have even with three people you have no no time to do that stuff no. or mark when you get to a state you don't even remember what state you're in <laughs> um <laughs> so true. it's nice to get back and have somebody like dan send you i mean our notes were just a spreadsheet they weren't you know personal mm -hmm. handwritten with with you know chocolate chip cookies but um it was still nice to have so yeah, I had this theory I was going to write down when I cross state lines in each state when my average spew was, yeah, right. That didn't happen. <laughs> Michael Green Donor, um, how did the thought of having to return the car to the rental agency factor into running certain counter countermeasures 
or mounting things. Well, as I was bragging earlier at the restaurant, I did have two deer whistles. <laughs> Stuck those babies on the grill down low. Uh, my countermeasures were a uh, my radar, which I popped out, and my GPSs, which I popped out, and my fuel tank that I popped out. I didn't have laser. That's like expensive stuff, and I didn't have any of that fancy equipment. Except, of course, the deer whistles. That's all I had. <laughs> Did those work? No. They, although deer don't even pay attention to you when you go by <laughs> at all. Couldn't care less. <clears throat> Jordan Madkins yeah. asked, did you buy the rental insurance? <laughs> no, I didn't. If he did, his run would have exceeded the yeah, lowest thirteen hundred dollar. I actually did run I ever because uh, I have a car with full coverage. Somehow yep. it covers or whatever. Yeah, right. Okay. I did have a plan for when I, you know, destroy the car. I got to get this fuel tank out of here, and I'm just going to run out in the desert and throw it somewhere and go. I don't know what you're talking about. I, mean, I, I actually have thought of that. How do I hide what I'm doing? You just got to make everything disappear what, really quick. What other things did you think of? What were your contingency plans? Uh, I found out the car didn't have a spare tire or a jack. I'm like, so I took the tire out of my car and the jack in it, and I threw it in. But my biggest concern was if something did happens, you take those back on the airplane, or did you leave? Them? Oh no, sorry, you, I drove you the car drove back. big circle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. I had that to deal with. Uh, I would just, you know, my biggest thought was if something happens and I get stopped and our car's going to get towed or I wreck the car, I got to make that fuel tank go away. <laughs> I just make the tank go away. That was my, my biggest thing. Because that's the only real evidence they would have had that there was something amiss going on with that car. All right. Uh, Mason said, Scott, the guy who introduced me to the C2C Express page and basically got me where I am now. Thank you so much for everything. Yeah, you have fans. fans. You have fans. That's um, funny about the rental insurance. So I think it was, Dan, was it you and Ed? Was your team called Team Lost Damage Waiver? <laughs> that was what? Collision Damage Collision Waiver. Collision Damage Waiver. Yeah, I'm sorry. So did you guys get the insurance? He doesn't know. He it wasn't his credit card on the bill, so he didn't care. <laughs> we we rented a car on the 2017 run when our transmission broke. Mm -hmm. We had a Hyundai Accent because it was the cheapest one to go one way, but um, we did not get the insurance, and a homeless guy broke out our back window. So when oh, we turned wow. it in, we just like you know we said it was there and they signed off and left. And like two months later, I get a call asking about the back window. I said, yeah, oh, back window got broken in. And the guy goes, well, was there an incident? I'm like, uh, I don't know what, what the right answer here is. I'm like, I don't think so. The, the back window just got broken in. Was there an incident? I'm like, uh, flip a coin, flip a coin. No. Like, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Click. Never got a bill or anything. I'm like, I'm glad I didn't say yes. I'm going to try that next time. What's the incident charge? Yeah. Sir, your bank account's overdraft $4,000. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, wow. I could have run the car off a cliff. Was there an incident? No. no. <laughs> okay, great. Problem solved. <laughs> well, I learn something new every day. I've, it was <laughs> such a weird phone call. Such a weird phone call. Um, all right. <laughs> Tyler, if you want to come in, we'll just start, uh, maybe. Oh, no, we don't have any questions. I thought Whoa. Ethan was going to send them to us. I thought we had questions from the live stream. I guess we don't. Unless he sent, is he sending them to you? Oh, I thought he hated copy and paste. He couldn't copy. Our producer, I love him to death, 
He uh, he's okay doing it for me now, I guess. Oh, he's okay doing it for yeah. Tyler, but not Mark. But. Okay, well, Tyler <laughs> and Mark and everybody that that is volunteers to be our uh, off-camera voice has uh, Androids phones, and our producer has an iPhone. So do I. So he can't just copy and paste from the live stream to them. He has to like type them out manually or something like that because he can't do it from his laptop with iMessage. So wait, you can't iMessage to any number. It has to be an Apple device. It has to be an Apple. That is so dumb. Yeah. This is why I hate Apple. Right. <laughs> anyway, so he's going to great lengths, sacrifices. <laughs> I feel very honored. <laughs> type them out to you so I don't have and to And he got out of his phone. chair. That's so not my two sac- No, two sacrifices. He got the, out of the chair. Oh, ty- no, yeah. no, Tyler said, no, I'm saying Ethan. Our oh, okay. He sacrificed to, to type these things out. So, all right. Fire away. What what do we got? Alrighty, the first one. I have to make sure there's a good pause in this name. Lou Sassel asks, "What's your favorite cannonball car, even if it didn't break a record?" Is that for him or me? I think that's for the for the class. Favorite cannonball car, even if so, one that has run, even if it didn't break a record. Correct. Oh man, Mad Dog's dually GMC pickup truck is my favorite. The, the I think of all time. Yeah. Like seven, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the four fifty four. Yeah. Four people. Yeah. I yeah. That. yeah. Terrible gas mileage. Yeah. Huge thing in the trunk. I mean, his his folklore adds to it, mm-hmm. but it adds to the mystique of that truck. I just I love old square body pickup trucks. So I I have I'm forced to agree. Yeah. With that one. Yeah. Okay. Easy question. Alrighty, the next one is from Fiero, in all caps. When cannonballing and people join in speeding with you, do you find it helpful as in being able to use them as a decoy, or is it more of an inconvenience? Me, personally, I think it would be wonderful, and I had exactly one guy do that for me in California in a BMW SUV. He wanted to prove his his Beamer, his $200,000 Beamer was faster than my $349 hoopty, and I let him <laughs> prove it, and I followed him. I said, you... you you go, boy. You well, go. Well, you'd be happy because you could actually draft. Like, they might pull you along. I didn't get that close, but yeah, <laughs> that guy's tires were probably worth more than the car I was driving. But yeah, I only had one guy to do it. I nev- Nobody followed me. Nobody got in front of me the whole time. This is one time. Yeah, no, we, we hate it. It's it's always a distraction because all of a sudden it becomes street racing, and then you're responsible for the other person's testosterone. Um, and you have no idea of their driving skills or whatever, and they're out to prove something. Not the cannonball isn't, but cannonball is a, a steady, measured approach, where street racing is just a, got bigger balls. It's a bottle and, rocket. And yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really dangerous. So every time we had somebody that was trying to prove something, we'd actually slow down. I mean, the E sixty three probably could have easily smoked any of them. It just like it wasn't worth it, and and it was super annoying. Um, yeah. The, the little tidbits that happened to me, uh, most people get offended by being passed by a bug. I mean, seriously. They just, like, they can't, uh-uh. And they would, you know, zip up, and I let them, you know, let them go. But it only happened very little, except for that one guy. I think he was offended, too, but <laughs> that's what it came down to. I mean, if they're going to unknowingly fall on the sword for you, might as yeah, well not I'll get in their way. I'll let them. All right, we've got two questions here from Gonzo Prius. The first one is, what long-distance endurance driving experience did you have prior to your runs? You want me to take that one? Go for it. Uh, well, I worked in Las Vegas, and I drove back and forth to work. It was 1,400 miles and change, and then that was the longest I had done at that point. And up to that, and then when I got the car to go to New York from Texas, it was 1,600 miles. 
So now I'm up to 1,600 miles. And then the next day or the day and a half later, I went 2,800 miles. And I tell you what, the way I prepped, the 2,800 miles was easier than the 1,600 because I didn't have any caffeine. I didn't do anything. I was still purged going to, to New York and New Jersey. So that was actually my longest run was 2,825 miles was my overall. And I was wide awake when I got there, and I was wide awake for the next few hours. I was just – I just it's, it's, it's an adrenaline dump, and it didn't stop. Awesome. All right. The next question from them is doing a solo run does have its advantage. That's not a question. Either Ethan forgot or uh, I don't know. Failure of the manually texting me. Moving on. Uh, Danny, you asks, what are your thoughts on the diesel Passat run? Uh, that's its own category. I think diesel has its advantage and a disadvantage. Uh, I think it's great for endurance and range. You know, obviously a drag strip in a uh, diesel is not a really good idea. But once you get up to speed, the torque kicks in. I think it's a really good car to run, especially a Passat. I like Volkswagens in general, but a Passat's a good car for the for a run. Did they make a TDI Beetle? Yes. They are very rare and very expensive hmm. because nobody sells them. You definitely can't find one of those no, at the rental agency. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. All right. Ethan apologizes to Gonzo for the screw-up there. Uh Mason Dibley, this is the last question I have uh, right now. They ask, Doug, what do you think of the newly today announced coast to coast to coast record? What? <laughs> All right. Johnny Broke It <clears throat> asked, did you think about going back for a run once the lockdown started? And if so, how would that have changed your solo tactics? Uh uh, this is all hindsight. Nobody knew what was going to happen. And the mindset when I went was don't go because they didn't know if the gas stations were going to be open. Uh, when I got to New York City, and I, I bumped into Josh. He said, well, what's your plan when they lock the city down? Uh, I don't have one because we didn't know what was going to happen. But I made my run. I met the wife and I went home and I, I didn't really have a plan of going back for seconds, mm -hmm. you know, the next weekend. But if I could have taken that in endless wall of traffic I kept meeting, I could have realistically with the limits of the car i probably would have been in the 29s mm -hmm. is my my opinion i i was dealing with traffic that just it was murderous at places and yeah. I, I couldn't believe being in the middle of nowhere and having that problem but no Do i you didn't think some going. of that could so you've done it now were it largely equal traffic situations as we were when you went um you know before the covid lockdowns do you think some of that could be improved just by adjusting your departure time like what have oh. you learned in terms of you mean what how you change yeah <laughs> yeah what'd you do wrong how much time fix? do we have you want to take a break <laughs> go use the restroom we can start all right let's go okay. run down the list oh hmm. okay from my house to the interstate which is in texarkana is about 250 miles and it wasn't until i got to texarkana on the interstate i discovered the car had a governor and all the bugs I've had will do 130 miles an hour, and this one bounced at 115. So my wings were clipped before I even started, and I didn't realize that till it was too late. You can flash a governor and make it go away, but so I had that. We problem. tried that with Mike Dewine; it didn't work. Well, at Volkswagen, you can you can do it. But anyway, okay. I got I got uh, I left. I'm not going to say who flashed him, but <laughs> I. Uh, I heard about a guy who made a run from a Tuesday. He left on a Tuesday. I thought that was kind of strange because the uh, conventional wisdom says go between like 10 and midnight on Friday. And I just wanted to try something different. So mm -hmm. I was thinking about leaving at 2 o'clock on a uh, 
on a Friday, and then I'm taking the northern route. The problem is in Colorado, every Saturday, every Saturday of the year, everybody in Denver drives up the mountains and goes yep. in. I mean, from, from 6 or 7 till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I, I'm doing the math going, no matter what I do, I'm going to get caught in that. I don't want to do it. So I changed it to 2 o'clock on a Thursday just to try something unusual. And we were up and ready, and it was like 11.50, and we're standing around talking. I said, I'm just not going to stand here for and waste two hours of wakefulness. So let's just go now. It was a disastrous time to go. I mean, it, it, it just was the wrong time. I mean, it just had other problems that, that fermented sure. from it. But the one thing that happened that was really strange is I've read horror stories about getting off of Manhattan Island. And Josh was out front, and I'm looking at my watch, and I hit, you know, noon hit, and I hit the start of the stopwatch, and I got on the radio, so let's go. We pulled out. There wasn't one car in the street. We drove up the street through two intersections around Madison Square Garden, and we're on the Lincoln Tunnel in seven minutes, mm -hmm. which is unheard of. The first run I ever did, I I picked a 2.30 p.m. departure time on Saturday, and everybody thought I was friggin' nuts. They were all leg wrestling over the 7, 8, 9 p.m. departure times. <laughs> and I was out of there in six, seven, eight minutes, yeah, it whatever. Was, it, was, it, was incredible. it was great. Yeah. But then I got caught. Because everybody's leaving at night. Yes. And then I got caught in this wall of traffic. And I mean, you go through Pennsylvania because of the time of day. It's a wall of cars. And I said, I went 100 miles when he when, when Josh turned off. And I had an overall average of 67. Ugh. Yeah. I'm just going, I'm just driving along going, wow, this is awesome. I mean, it, think of all the times you've driven, there's no cars on the road. And it finally broke loose. And that's my first near miss happened about. 20 miles after the traffic broke loose, I had two near misses and one real close to speeding ticket. And the first near miss was in Pennsylvania where the road opened up and I, I just, to the, to the limiter and I'm going up and down the hills having a great time. I come around a corner and the, it's an area where the road turns into three lanes and there's a dump truck in the middle. And I see him, so I drift into the show-off lane and then it dawns on me, he's going walking speed, literally walking speed, right in the middle of the road. And as I'm coming up, he decides to turn off the road. I'm oh looking gosh. through the driver's window. By the way, it looked like David Simpson. Little side note. Long hair, looked just like him. I'm looking through the passenger window as the truck turns in front of me. I'm laying on the horn. He doesn't care. And I went to the shoulder, to the grass, one set of wheels on the concrete, one set of wheels on the grass as he was making a 90-degree turn to pull off the road. And I'm doing triple digits. And I laid on the horn, and then I, the, the crowd, well, I slung shot across the road and was back on the other side going, what just happened? I mean, just, I, I wasn't ready for that. But I had wide open roads for the most part, and everybody's terrified of Ohio. Ohio's the big, big scary monster. I it's loved not that hard. I loved Ohio. It's not that hard. My favorite part of that drive was Ohio. <laughs> Beautiful sunny day, a sprinkling of cars, just enough to hide behind. Yep. Missile lock on the center divider for the crossovers. Yep. Get it. Three lanes, and they it, all, yeah. That was my favorite they sit part. In the center dividers. Yep. 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 Um, <clears throat> let's see. Rob, <laughs> Rob is a car guy. He said, I legitimately thought this was a 9 11 joke until I saw the pictures. It really was a turbo beetle. Well, yes, actually, we do it was call 9 11. Well, my. Italian car mechanic calls 911s overgrown beetles, but well, actually, it was a 911 with a beetle body kit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you want to impress the ladies, that's how you do it. <laughs> that doesn't explain the 115 mile an hour limiter. Yeah. 
Uh, so we already answered this question asked by LT Brown. What type of countermeasures did you use? So you had a radar detector. I assume you had Waze or some sort yeah, of I ran app. Waze, yes. Um, what type of radar detector did you use? Uh, unit in R1. R1. And it, they're programmable. Mm-hmm. And there's one place, I think, in Ohio that has X-Band. So I had a little bit of X-Band. K-Band turned way down and, and uh, KA band wide open, unfiltered. You know, anything you can, any whiff you can mm-hmm. get. But How uh, did you, it work for you? Uh, other than the one near-death experience I had with a, a, a police ambush, uh, perfectly. I only had a few uh, radar contacts on the drive, but I got the p and scared out of me in uh, Iowa. It's pitch black. I was going to ask if it was Iowa or Nebraska. Iowa. Yeah. Uh, I, Iowa. Only car on the road. That's in the pitch black of night is a horrible place to be when you're pushing your luck. Mm-hmm. And I even ways, I brought the state out. There's not one ways or anywhere. And I called Josh, woke him up and said, dude, is there anybody on the map? And he said, no. Great. So I'm, I'm getting it. And my radar went from totally quiet to ejection. I went wide open, screaming, you're on fire. I mean, everything you can possibly go wrong is going wrong. And if you are driving along and you get hit with a police radar in the dark and you hit low beams, that's your way of saying, I have a radar detector. Right. So I left my high beams on, didn't touch the brakes so the car didn't nosedive, and I grabbed the parking brake and pulled it up under my armpit and held on for dear life. And there was about a two or three second pause, and he hit me a second time. And by that time, my speed was down. The reason he didn't catch me is I think I was a teeny bit out of range. The car, it's a small target. The shape of the car, the fact that the whole front of a bug is plastic, and as I told you earlier, my license plate fell off. I found it when I got to California. It was in the trunk. It's weird. But the number one reflective thing on the car wasn't on the car. And and that, I went by him and he didn't pull out. So that's an interesting discussion. And I'm not I don't know the science of it, so I'm not gonna get into the science of it, but we were talking about this earlier. Laser needs like a square hard reflective thing mm-hmm. to bounce off of to, to get a good reading whereas radar is just it's just looking for any shape almost yes. anything because it's it's waves and so people always talk about wow i've got a corvette it's slick so it's it's invisible to radar i'm like no they're not well i don't have a front license plate so i can't get hit with radar so I, like you say that but i'm not sure how much of it is just maybe he said ah oh, well he's going 70 now or this that <laughs> like I, I feel like if he hit you with instant on you're a car you're an object he got a reading. He's only got a certain range, and it's like hitting a truck versus hitting a motorcycle. Not the same thing. And I, he hit me pretty far out. Hmm. He and I didn't catch a whiff of him in the distance. It's all flatland. But did you see him? Oh yeah, eventually. How how far out do you think he? Did you get the first radar hit? It was just the one big one, followed by another smaller one. He, um, I'll go a half mile. Yeah, see, mile. they can get readings at half mile. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> not in this case. I don't know. I mean, but he, he didn't pull out, and I was taken aback. And then, Maybe he just didn't believe the Volkswagen bug was going that fast. How would he know? I mean, he doesn't know what I was, but yeah. Maybe he felt intimidated. <sighs> <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. Okay, so you had a unit R- R1. Um, he wants to know how many stops you made and the physical preparations you did for staying up so long. So we we did talk about the caffeine um, the caffeine purge. Did you do anything else to prep yourself well, against I, the fatigue? I drove nonstop to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and I 
got to the hotel at nine and I walked in. I said, Hey, you know, I've got reservations. I know 9 a.m. 9 a.m. I said, You check in at three. I said, I just drove here from Texas. Do you have a room? And she's like, Yeah, cool. Give me, you know, 10 minutes. And they put me in a room and I slept, jumped in the shower and slept till like five o'clock. Got up, went down to the, the lobby, got a, a sandwich, went back up eight, went to sleep, woke up at seven in the morning. So I was as, sl- as slept as I could possibly get at that point. So I wish I, I could do that. Uh, no, I, I, it's rare for me too, but yeah, I was, I mean, I was good to go. I'm so excited before a cannonball that like, I can't even sleep through the night. Like I literally have to take oh. sleeping pills usually. So yeah. Okay. And how many fuel stops did you make? So you had a 32 gallon cell plus a factory well, tank. I had scheduled two. I was trying to stretch to do one big one in the middle of Nebraska, mm-hmm. but just I didn't want to get into a situation where I had to think about fuel economy. So I turned it into two stops. I managed to blow both of the stops and ended up making a miniature stop right after the second one because I didn't want to get into Los Angeles and start running into a fuel issue. That's so, pretty impressive. Uh, how? What kind of gas mileage did you get? Well, the cars rated it 26 and 33 and I did the math where I said, as long as I get 22.5, I can make it. Because I had the, the 14 and a half gallon tank plus the 32 in the trunk. And overall, my mileage was 26.9. What? So I got 1,000 miles, then 1,000 miles, and then to the finish line. That's better than what I got. That's mm. better than your diesel? Mm. So I, and I had fuel to spare Golly. when I got there. <laughs> and that's not, and I, and I wasn't working about gas mileage, but I got 26.9 overall was the mileage that car gave me. Holy cow. Because to me, the rest of us can only dream about that kind of mileage. In my, you know, being slowed by traffic is bad. Being stopped is murderous. So my theory was the lesser time you're not moving, the better off you're going to be. Right. So just outfit the car the best you can for the longest range. So that's why I picked the Jetta. It's fuel range and power and speed. Hmm. It's kind of a, you know, a a sweet spot. How much horsepower does a Turbo Beetle have? That one was rated. It was rated 178 in the power and I think 186 in the torque, but it doesn't weigh anything. Huh. And the performance I got at sea level was equally matched with the performance I got up in Colorado. There was no difference. The car pulled with the turbo. It pulled exactly the same. Hmm. I had no complaints other than I couldn't go fast enough. But as far as power, the car was never in a need where I said, gee, I wish the car had more power. It really pulled well. You're crazy. Uh, thank you for noticing. <laughs> Wait, Sean, Sean, is, Sean is giving a smirk because he wished his Passat had more power especially in the mountains we yeah uh, I, I, the e63 we were never at a point that we wish it had more power but it had 700 horsepower that's, so for you yeah. to say that about 200 horsepower that's yeah and it, it there's only one of <sighs> trevor said there's a place that will rent a beetle that's the most surprising thing about this that's actually it is because 2019 was the last year of the volkswagen beetle and this was in 2020 and they had one, which is like, hello, no car dealer has last year's model. They just don't do that. So that was, again, it was a sign, like my wife said, that this was the, the perfect time. It just worked out. Downhill A4 said, uh, asked, how did you run the, uh, uh, how did you return the fuel cell back to factory before handing the keys over? No, it's, I, like I said, I took the car home, pulled the tank put the carpet back in, covered everything up, washed the car, vacuumed it out, took it back and backed it up at the place Said, Hey, the car's back. And they said, any problems? Nope. Here's the keys. Thanks. All right. The wife and I went out. It was a little tiny uh, rental shop in a uh, shopping center. And right next door is Buffalo Wild Wings. And the wife and I were standing there going, Hey, lunch. And some college age teeny bopper girl came out holding paperwork for a rental car and keys walked out. 
and got in the uh, car and drove off. She was the next friend. Of course, I blew through the oil change back, you know, <laughs> Arizona somewhere. But she got in the car and drove off, and we both went. So they didn't even look at the car. That's amazing. And, I, and you said you, it came up for sale recently. Yeah, well, so I assume you wrote the VIN number down. Well, I just recognized a little. I mean, when I bought, when I got the car. the holes in the, the fuel filler. Shush. I had up. Remember, I got the car with 25,000 miles on it, brought it back with 32,000. And then like a month later, it's for sale at an Avis lot in Tomball, which is the west side of Houston. And it had 32,000 miles on it. I went, really? And I looked at the pictures. I knew where the little scuffs were on the bumpers. And I went, that's the car. That's the car right there up for grabs. So I caught that bug just before they got rid of Did bugs. Did you have any urge to buy it? Yes and no. I kind of thought about it, but I just didn't want to. We don't have any car notes. Our house is paid for. I just I didn't want to have a car note. So I just went, eh. I like the bug I had. The red, I had a, an 08. And I said, I thought about it for a while. But I said, that car, I know for a fact that car's been hammered. <laughs> I know for a fact someone's blown through the oil change on it. You know? Oh, what it, my wife at at, uh, at dinner, she said something so funny and so poignant. It was, uh, you know, the, along the lines of nobody wants to own a rental car. She says, yeah, nobody, if you put like apart hotel rooms up for sale as condos afterwards, no one's going to buy them. ever buy them. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, the motto of the rental car is, you know, no curb too high, no ditch right, too deep. And right. people live What's the world's by that? fastest car? Rental car. Yes, at, yeah. every time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess no rock bands have had like Coke parties in rental cars, though, no, they have in no, hotel no. rooms. So, you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd probably buy a rental car long before I'd buy a hotel yeah. room. But yeah, uh, Roger A asked, how did you push past the 28 hour mark? That's when my solo runs fall apart. Uh, again, that's why we go f- tw- less than 28 <laughs> hours on our runs now. <laughs> show off so uh, like i said i i was wide awake and i yawned in western nebraska that's the first time i yawned i took a drink and i was just so i was zinged i was just wide awake i don't know i didn't get tired after i've been tired driving since then because yeah. i wasn't persia prepped yeah yeah yeah, but yeah i i was just wide awake yeah I, I think a lot of it is into the prep yeah yeah mission yeah. planning yep sure and he also asked, what was your overall range with the fuel cell? We sort of answered that, but you said you yeah, had, I had more than a thousand two miles. Subs. Yeah, over a thousand miles. That's crazy. That's so crazy. That's awesome. Like I said, it was somewhere in, in Iowa and then Grand Junction, which is 2,012 miles, and it took me 24 hours and five minutes to get there. So that question of can you drive an Econo Box 2,000 miles in 24 hours, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Wow. <laughs> That's really impressive. It's really impressive. So you have any plans to do something like this again? Do you want to beat your record? Do you want to beat Yummy's record? So the, the current solo record, and it is worth noting, although I don't, I don't believe in asterisks, the current solo record is held by uh, Carl Yummy Dietz at 27 hours and 54 minutes. Yes. Um, it, it was set at the same time on the same weekend, same route um, as Sean and his crew in the, the diesel Passat. Um, and so it was fun to watch them chase each other across the country. But uh, so that's the, that's the current solo record. Well, my mother absolutely insists. I try it again on a motorcycle. Did you hear that? That was my mother hitting the floor right there. <laughs> I told her I was going to do this heart attack. I did it stroke that she's done. But, uh, no, I, I, right now I'm not really thinking about it, but the, the, the thoughts I get are silly things like on a scooter, mm-hmm. you know, something silly that doesn't go as fast, just something that nobody would be stupid enough to try. 
but as far as cars, I'm not, I, I, I had a goal. I met the goal. I don't know what else to do at this point. Sure. I'm, I mean, I've met my objective and I got away with it, which is important. <laughs> you know, I was telling someone here, I, the last speeding ticket I got was 1987 and I beat it in court, you know? So, I mean, I, I like the fact that <laughs> I got away with it and I'm happy with what I've accomplished. I don't, yeah. you know, that's where I'm at. Unless it's something weird like a scooter, something that no one's ever tried. Well, they have a scooter cannonball, but it's not an actual it's cannonball. Broken it's broken into yeah. The, I'm yeah, talking about hotel the whole rooms thing. and checkpoints and yeah, all that. I'm talking about the whole thing. Vespa? No, something bigger, but something that'll just to go the whole distance because no one was ever be that stupid to try something like that. <laughs> Overqualified. I mean, they've done it in motorcycles. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe a, a three wheeler, a tricycle, or something. I don't. Oh, a Reliant Robin. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> No, I haven't. I haven't really thought about doing anything else. I'm just kind of going to enjoy what I've accomplished and move sure. on from there. I'm trying other stuff now. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you for being here and answering our ridiculous questions. Um, I guess what was obviously finishing and accomplishing it was satisfactory. What was the best moment, best memory you had of the run? Wow, the best memory. I had a lot of frustrating memories. You want me to go down the list of those? <laughs> we all do. I got happy. What really made my morale shoot up was when I got to Grand Junction because I figured it's downhill from here because the rest of it's the easy part. And I said, if I can do 12 hours, 12 hours, and 10 hours, there's my, my pipe fantasy. And mm -hmm. I got there in 24 hours and five minutes. So I was literally on par for the time I wanted to get. Right. And I, my morale was through the roof. And then everything kind of collapsed from there. But I still made it in time. From yeah. there down, but that, yeah. that that was when my morale was the highest. Yeah, that, it's, it's honestly that's that's usually the case. It's always the first. It's a thousand mile mark or fifteen hundred mile mark or something. It's always the west that kills all the cannonball dreams. Yeah, it's, I, it's I was, so hard. People think that it's the wild west and you can just go crazy and, and make up all your time, but it's the exact opposite. Yeah, a complete yeah. one hundred and eighty degree. Yeah, yeah. Your average drops. <laughs> Tyler's walking up here like he has something important. I have some more questions before you guys okay. end. You want to do them now? Yeah. All right. An anonymous asker wants to know what your average speed was on your run. My overall average was 83. And that was, I got up to 84 at one point, and then it dropped to 83, and my driving tactics changed radically. It, through the mountains of Colorado, it was like, okay, you go fast here, you go slow here, you watch for 83 to the floor keep it between the lines and i was just flying around corners and just i drove like an idiot from that point forward because that terrified me that it went down so my overall average was 83. some say cannonballers average speed is the same as their iq it couldn't possibly be that high <laughs> <There's no way. laughs> all right raymond has a question for you doug have you driven the 992 gt3 and is it worth upgrading from a 991.2 gt3 uh, I haven't, but I can probably already say that for a hundred some odd grand more, it isn't. I wouldn't spend the money, but I, like, wh what else are you going to do with it? The 991.2 is 500 horsepower and a manual and one of the best cars they've ever made. You want to spend another hundred grand to go slightly faster on the street? Or like, I mean, I know guys with 996 GT3s that smoke guys in 992s around the racetrack because they're better drivers, plain and simple. Like... The magazine numbers only do so much like you'd be better suited just you know becoming a better driver so like i don't know there's only so good cars can get before this is why the analog revolution is happening because people realize they can't be good enough drivers to 
explore anywhere near the limits of the cars they're buying and all they're good of for is bragging at cars and coffee so they're like oh i'm gonna go buy a slower harder to drive car because it's more engaging so i i don't know I, i'm pretty cynical about everything made basically like post 2012 anyway but like the cars are just getting too good and losing the involvement and yeah so i they're gorgeous i'd rather have a 992 because they're prettier but is it worth 30 percent more probably not you pay for a lot of driving lessons with that money too if you want to really yeah. be faster <laughs> yeah it's a lot of months at the porsche experience center <laughs> yeah yeah all right, Fierro has another question. Uh, this was asked last week, but they want to know what we uh, drove here tonight. <laughs> uh, 997 Turbo Cabriolet. Uh, Kia Soul. Yeah. <laughs> a rental? Yeah. No, it's a, we own this one, and yes, it has a K&N air filter. Fuel cell? <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, it does not. <laughs> Tyler, would you drive? I drove my uh, 1994 Porsche 968. Yes. Uh, Sean, uh, the Cannonball Passat, oh. a record-setting right, car, is here. Pinky's up in the air right now. Dan, did you way. drive your Lotus, or is it too cold? It's cold. Drove the Land Cruiser. Drove the Land Cruiser, so he wouldn't wreck the Lotus on thirty-degree roads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris, what'd you drive? BMW 528i X Drive. 528i X Drive. Yep. Sheila, what'd you drive besides your husband? <laughs> 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 crazy she drove him crazy which is an incredibly short trip for Devin. what'd you drive 2013 audi tts prestige audi tts with a trim level okay audi i've got one more question and i think that's it uh nick charlie kruger wants to know or they say you wanted a jetta you got a bug knowing what you know now would you have taken the jetta had it been available or stuck with the bug the bug Hands down, the bug. That's my car. I've owned five of them. I love bugs. Sorry. I like bugs. That's just Much my more thing. interesting so story. Would trip. you yeah, say you caught the cannonball bug? Uh, majorly. <sighs> Cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> Where have you been all night? <laughs> all right. It is time for the props and the flops of tonight, uh, of the week. Props and flops are brought to you by Switch Cars. Switch Cars is the enthusiast dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. Check out our hand-picked inventory at switchcars.com. Our pick of the week from Switch Cars inventory is a 2009-96 Cabriolet, but this one's special because it is Zenith Blue, a very pretty purpley color from the 993. And it has the classic gray interior, which is darker than that awful graphite gray that nobody what? likes except Tyler Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> He's, we hear protests in the back. <laughs> You're about to fight, Doug? Yes, <laughs> let's fight. Six-speed, man, have you had enough tequila? Six-speed manual, low miles, super clean, and with the upgraded LN engineering IMS bearing, which is a must so your engine doesn't spontaneously explode, you know, because they all do. Not really, but anyway, that's our pick of the week. That will be live on our website soon. And if you uh, call in and say you heard the car on SwitchCast, the guys will give you a thousand dollar discount. They don't know that, but I'm sure they'll find out after they come to my office saying, "What do you say about this discount thing?" Anyway, 
They will. I don't know off of what price, but they'll give you a $1,000 discount. Okay. Uh, flop of the week. General Motors announces a hybrid Corvette. <laughs> and plans to make an all-electric vet. This is sad. This is a sad direction that the automotive world is going. But all-electric Corvette. I guess they'll have... You have to plug it in now at night. I guess they'll have to call it the Cord Vet. <laughs> Get the drum. Get the drum. <laughs> all, right. all right. I got a few of these. All right. Yeah. I've been practicing, right? The Cord Vet. Actually, that was a... If anyone's seen that thing you do, that was... Uh, 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 not guy, but the guy was a drummer. The guy um, who Faye was in love with at first, the singer, the band leader, he was coming up with all these dumb puns mm-hmm. for band names. And that's how they settled on the O'Neaters, which was supposed to be the Wonders, but O-N-E. And <laughs> anyway, I you had to have seen the movie, but Cord Vets was one of the... <laughs> One of the options. Anyway, so yeah, I guess we'll have a new generation of, of people buying Corvettes because my Corvette is best Corvette because my charger is on the same circuit as my defibrillator. <laughs> I wonder if the hybrid will get as good mileage as the LS. LS has been an amazing, amazing engine with that pushrod V8. And I mean, I remember getting 30 miles to the gallon in a Z06. So if, if the hybrid doesn't get 30 miles to the gallon... We're going to have some friggin' revisionist history going on. They're going to tell us that they've accomplished something amazing. But no, they have failed. They have to get at least what the LS did, or we need to go back to internal combustion engines. Anyway, so in completely unrelated news, GM stock is down 30% in the last year. Yeah, uh, Maybe because they're going woke, making friggin' electric <laughs> sports cars. All right, prop of the week. A new coast-to-coast-to-coast record was set. Yep, this is not deja vu from last week. It happened a week later. So it is uh, just nine minutes faster than Nick Wesley and Mark's record of 65 hours and 28 minutes set on Easter weekend. This weekend, uh, Bennett, Grady, and another guy, forgive me, it was just posted today, but uh, three guys in a Mercedes S-Class took nine minutes off the time. So it is 65 hours and 19 minutes from New York to California and back to New York. So to put it into perspective, that's like taking eight-tenths of a second off of a Nürburgring lap time. That is a seriously close race and they said actually that the last run into manhattan made all the difference they had like 10 different people taking different routes and like stopping pedestrians from coming across and like doing everything possible to get them (laughs) into the red ball and actually beat the record i mean how much (laughs) would that suck to make it go out and back all the way out all the way back and be like oh man we're two minutes short and you got a guy hitting the hood of your car going I'm walking here at the very end. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, these guys are no strangers to incredibly long feats of ridiculousness because they also, uh, last year I think it was, set the record for the uh, touching all 48 states in the shortest amount of time. Uh, So, yeah, they are... um, they did it. And the, the cool thing is this this automatically makes two records because now Nick, Wes, and Mark are 
hold the record for the shortest time ever to hold a cannonball record at seven days. Oof. Wow, that makes me feel good. I was like <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right. People call me the shortest cannonball record holder, but it had nothing, <laughs> everything to do with my stature and nothing to do with. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we also forgot to thank uh, Celebrity Machines for their sponsorship. Celebrity Machines is a proud sponsor of SwitchCast. And I just got back from the uh, Travis Bell infamous Backyard 400 uh, with, uh, yeah, home-built uh, go-karts with six-and-a-half-horse Predator motors racing around trying to win a Chevrolet Cavalier and be internet famous. Well, the video is now live. No less than three people rolled their carts Two people drove through the fence into the neighbor's yard, the neighbors who hate Travis Bell, so we had to fix it quickly before they noticed. Um, the neighbors were secretly taking pictures of Travis all day, maybe to try to catch him in some criminal activity, and the cops that were uh, hired to run security for us were taking pictures of the neighbors taking pictures of Travis. It was fantastic. It was a great time. And on, um, a, on a side note, every one of those accidents happened before the race started. Continue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not all of them. Only Mark's. Uh, <laughs> Mark's. Mark rolled his cart in practice and in practice twice. Uh, you got it down. Mark's Mark's security blanket. I mean, a uh, 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 jacket that he was given after he rolled his cart wearing short sleeves is now on eBay as well that you can bid on. So anyway, Celebrity Machines is a proud sponsor of Switchcast. They make screen accurate license plates from all your favorite TV shows and movies. Uh, go to CelebrityMachines.com and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save 25.39% at checkout. Great Father's Day present. I think Father's Day coming up in a couple weeks. Nope, that's Mother's Day. Okay, we'll get her flowers. Um, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah so Scott. Quick, yes. Quick plug. Uh, like we had mentioned earlier, I, yes. I read a book. Uh, I read. I read a book. Okay, we're done. Uh, if if you that go explains on, why put your my IQ is the same Amazon. as your average speed. <laughs> if you go on Amazon, put my name in the in the search window. It's Scott with one T Bauer, as in Eddie Bauer, and uh, Uncle Eddie owes me some money. Uh, I have uh, five or six books on there. The one of, related to the cannonball is called Bug Out. I have a few other books, ironically, on drug smuggling as a pilot. Oh. They're fictional. fictional. And uh, We should uh, combine the two hobbies, drug smuggling as a cannonballer. Hmm. <laughs> ideas, ideas. And uh, also, uh, since I started expediting, I started a YouTube channel called Expediting with Lucy. That's Lucy with an I, and it just talks about the industry and the aspects of it and there's a few little side things there's a lot of uh, sarcasm and stuff and some jokes and whatnot about traveling and expediting if anybody's interested in that line of work please uh check it out and subscribe it helps my numbers go up yeah and that's all i had and that's but your youtube channel it's my youube channel Lucy with an I, so i l u c y okay and that's that's what i had and like i said the uh, the book i wrote is about my experience as a cannonballer but it's also <laughs> about the history and some of the tactics, because that's that's kind of important. You know what you're looking for. <laughs> this is, there's a ripple out here. It's a slow crowd tonight. <laughs> they, is is they, there a Lucy with me too? <laughs> no, no, they they're gonna catch on here and made it. You watch. <laughs> All right, check out ah, check out Scott's book. 
about his cannonball adventures and mm-hmm. get to see some of his mom's notes in there. Oh, yes. yes. That mom's is on notes. Amazon. The link is in the description of our podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Scott, for being on. Thank you, Sheila, for letting him out on parole for the night. Uh, she's not actually his wife. She's his parole officer, but um, <laughs> she's vicious too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to our sponsors: Boxcast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, and Stephen Holmwood Working. Thank you to our producer and call screener Ethan Huffnagel. Our bumper music was provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available Friday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday with a new guest at 8 p.m., and we'll look forward to answering your automotive questions to help you on the drive of your life. New guest, new victim, you know, tomato, tomato. (laughs) 